Welcome to Around the Water Cooler presented by Footy Live. If a century in a losing cricket team, Nick, is the pinnacle of sport, then a bag of eight in your last game, also in a losing side, not far off the mark either. And as such, JK leaves the AFL as a West Coast champ. Speaking of losses, though, Melbourne are left reeling after yet another half a dominance went slipping through their fingertips against the clutch of Collingwood. Carlton has the blues as they wait to find out if Cripps is indeed a crim and Buddy's back in the headlines. There's only two weekends of the home and away season left and as such, footy headlines have never been hotter. And with me to sort through the headlines, the hot takes and the wobbly form lines is Footy Live's finest analyst, Nikki G. First questions first, how's it feel to be back in the winner's books? For the Mighty Hawks, uh, very good, Gordo. Um, I wasn't expecting it. It was a very young and inexperienced team and we got absolutely pumped from the Suns. A few, uh, yeah, a few rounds ago, but yeah, they bounced back well and eight wins for the year. I don't think either of us would have uh, predicted that from Hawthorne at the start. Last year they had seven and two draws, um, but to, you know, if we were to finish on eight wins for the year, I think it's a pretty good, pretty good season. Yeah, there's lots of uh, concerns about you know how did you cull back too hard? Did you get rid of too many veterans? Are the kids too young? Do you play you know too mm. too much uh, carefree football, not enough defensive integrity? Yeah, and I think uh, Smee Mitchell's making his way nicely into a coaching career down there at, uh, at Hawthorne, and the yep. kids look alright, and yep. the future looks okay. Yep. And uh, hopefully you'll be coming back to those Sunday afternoons and Mother's Day games in, in full force <laughs> in the not-too-distant future. We hope, yes. A club that is out in full force, of course. Mm. Your big news story of the week, 11 in a row now, 10 by an, under a margin of two goals. Yeah. Collingwood Football Club. I've got to ask you this question off the top. We saw the win. We saw Jamie Elevick kick four goals. We saw a, a debutant kick four goals as well. Yeah. Or a rookie in his first year anyway. Is it real, though? Is it is it real? Yeah. The percentage is only like a hundred and six in second place. It's the must be some. It's sort the of least record. percentage in probably <laughs> the rest of the records that they've broken in the last eleven weeks. Yeah. Every week I come here and I say we can't. They can't be you know real for finals. They you know, but are they? Do you believe? Are you backing in? Yeah. Are you tipping them now to go the next two weeks? But not only that, but to win some finals as well. Yes, yes, I am. It, it, I mean, it, it is the million dollar question, but. I mean, they've proved it over 11 weeks. I don't care if the the for, if the run was easy, the fixtures were easy. Um, it's still Collingwood. It's still a team that we predicted to be bottom three, bottom four at the start of the season. They're second on the ladder. They're ahead of Melbourne. They've won more games than the reigning premiers, Gordo. Um, I don't know how how much more they need to prove. And they finish the season with Sydney and Carlton. They'll at least get one of those two wins. But if they go into finals with 13 wins in a row, the momentum, the, the energy that they're going to get from the home crowd, the Collingwood supporters... Mate, they're up and about. Um, yeah, I think you wouldn't want to face them in finals, and they've at least got a win in them in finals. Um, it looks almost certain now that they'll finish top two, so one win will put them in a prelim either way. And, um, yeah, and then again, a prelim at the MCG. It's, they show they can beat Melbourne. They've done it twice this year. They did it last year. Um, I think the only team that can that you can really say will probably stop Collingwood at the moment is Geelong, mm. and that might happen in the grand final. And that may happen in the grand final. And you can pull you can pull it apart for for Collingwood. You can say you know Melbourne should have won that game. 
should have been, you know, the operative word. They led the inside 50, 65 to 41. The clearance is 52 to 32. Contested possessions by over 30. Mm-hmm. Like coming inside the half halfway point of that game, Melbourne were dominant and they hadn't put on the scoreboard. Now people can say that's because Melbourne were, you know, sloppy up forward. They, you know, their forward line isn't functioning as fluently as it was in the previous years. Not getting as many goals from their midfielders. And that all goes like Melbourne should have won that game. You can flip that though and say that maybe Collingwood's defence is just that good. Maybe they can actually, they know what their strengths and the weaknesses are. They don't have the best midfield cohort in the, in the current crop in the AFL. They know that. They can see that. They go, you know what? We can absorb that pressure and we rebound and we just risk it all in that transition football to, to try and score as, as efficiently and heavily as we can. And that's yep. what they did. And yep. you know, their numbers are, are absurd. They had just 18 forward entries, um, but they led it They led at halftime compared yep. to the Demons who had 41 and only scored 10 times. Yep. So. Oh, look, Perhaps I, it's efficiency, yeah. I, I have no doubt that Collingwood are overachieving in this run. There's there's no way they're the second best team in the competition as far as the ladder goes, but it's just this wave of momentum they're riding on. And when they do get on that run of, you know, kicking goals and when when the crowd's behind them, it's, it's they're almost unstoppable. And, yeah, I think Langdon, Ed Langdon, his comments before the game about being uh, Collingwood being a one-trick pony, I think everyone knows he's right. He, they are a one-trick pony, but... Just try stopping them, you mm. know. No one can at the moment. And, and th- I mean, now they've got experience of winning the close games. They know how to do it in the tight moments. And they've got X Factor and Jamie Elliott. Like, he was unbelievable. Four goals again. And he was rewarded with a new contract again the other day. So, um, yeah, it's just all looking up for the Pies at the moment. And, yeah, I can't see that dropping off anytime soon. And, again, I've used that the reasoning to not believe in Collingwood, you know, 10 wins by under two goals. But also that gives them belief. And that's what mm. their coach come out and said is that basically we're up for the fight now. We know yeah. that if we go into halftime, three-quarter time, we're down by, you know, three to three to four goals. We know that we're not over. We can come back. We can win these games. We've done it week in, week out yeah. for basically half the season. So yeah. that is massive coming into finals. Does it put them ahead of the ball, though, in terms of their list? So... Coming into this season, you'd say that Jordan Degoe is an absolute must to keep on Collingwood's list. Mm-hmm. Now, people are coming sniffing. He's had some off-field dramas. Yeah. Apparently, other clubs are willing to pay him big bucks. Mm-hmm. If you're Collingwood, do you think, based on this year's form, and yes, Degoe was magnificent on yeah. Friday night, but he's been in and out of the team for various reasons during the year. Yeah. So they, don't, they haven't absolutely needed him. Mm. Do you pay him the big bucks to keep him or do you say, you know what, if you want to go play your football somewhere else and get paid a couple of extra $100,000, have fun. Thanks for all the good work. Yeah, I think they will not be inclined to keep him as such after the you know the performances they've had this season. Much, uh, and yeah, much of them weren't uh, with Dugowie or Dugowie wasn't having a major impact in the team. So... I mean, yeah, they're not gonna. They shouldn't feel inclined to be paying him the big bucks and offering him the big contracts. And um, I think what's important for Collingwood, and they'll they'll know this, um, especially McRae. Like he he came in to Collingwood being a, it, it's a rebuilding project essentially, and their their plans around their list shouldn't change based on the form they've had this season. If he, if he still feels that. There needs to be somewhat of a clean out of players and um, needs to sort out the contracts and um, get the books right at Collingwood. 
it still needs to be done. Them finishing second or them finishing top four shouldn't change those plans um, heading into next season because, again, I know that they will know that there is a sense of overachievement with this season. So, yeah, uh, I think they should just stick to their guns and do what they were planning to do from the beginning of the season. There you go. Great segue there. Speaking of guns, the big good news story mm. of the week was indeed, uh, JK, did you watch the game? Did you enjoy the bag? And how much did, were you disappointed by the fact that he couldn't go out with a win as well? Yes, yeah, very disappointed. I was watching the game and, um, yeah, you could see it right from the first quarter. I mean, eight goals. It's the most goals... Um, by anyone this season in a in a game, so and you can see that they were finding him early in the first quarter. But I, I guess when the game was there to be won, he was just he was the man. They they weren't trying to find him. They, were, they got to a point where they were actually trying to win the game. Um, and yeah, he was popping up and he was playing a massive role for them. And yeah, to kick eight goals, eight goals won. He's always been known for his accurate goal kicking with his um, unique run up and all that. And um, yeah, he just he put on a clinic. Um, he was just flushing them from everywhere. And yeah, I'm, I'm really happy for him to end his career on eight goals. Like it's just such a perfect way for a player like Kennedy to go out. And very yeah, very disappointed that. It didn't end up with a win because he did say at the start of the game, I don't care if I don't get a kick. I don't care if I don't kick a goal. I just want to end with singing the team song. And it's unfortunate that's not how it ended, but still eight goals. Can't be can't be unhappy with that. And for for West Coast as well, what a player they've had. It's fair to say they've, <laughs> it's been spoken about a lot, the Judd and Kennedy trade. And um, yeah, it's fair to say West Coast have got the better end of the deal in that one they had Judd for his better years got a premiership out of him Brownlow um, and then bringing Kennedy and he's kicked over 700 goals so yeah bloody good return it has been an interesting talking point or pub debate fan debate I was going to ask you that question but as you mentioned there it kind of is obvious that it is West Coast because they got the premierships with Judd yeah they got a Brownlow with Judd yeah then they get arguably their greatest goal kicker of all time, of all time yep. for the club as well. So it's like even if Judd did go and win a Brownlow with Carlton and drag them to a few finals, yep. well, they got the 2018 Premiership. Yeah, That was that took a lot more than just Kennedy, but he definitely helped. Uh, a few Cobble medalists and, yeah, and just a great stalwart, great character, great culture person there mm-hmm. as well. So obviously West Coast win twice and, um, yeah, unlucky Carlton fans. But perhaps it was just meant to be because does, does Kennedy keep that many goals with the Blues over the last decade? Yeah, very true. Probably not. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. He was at West Coast at a very good time uh, while they were challenging for premierships. And, yeah, I think it's, it's yeah, who knows what would have happened um, if he did stick with the Blues. Speaking of the Blues, rules for some, rules for others season oh. has come early yes. because Patrick Cripps is off to the tribunal because uh, they're challenging the two-week suspension that he has been handed down for his contact on uh, Kalamachi. Yeah. We've both watched the footage. Mm-hmm. It is a classic one where punditry gets split. Yeah, There's the people in the David King camp that say uh, AFL footballers are elite athletes. They're up there with, you know, ballerinas and the way that they can manipulate their bodies and, you know, prepare for contact and make split-second decisions. Yeah. Then there's other, uh, other pundits that will say things like, well, of course he can't change or his direction or brace for impact because it's just such a, you know, spare of the moment thing that he can't control his body. They went up for the contest. He had eyes for the mm. footy. He needs to be let off. We need to have yeah. our best players playing in finals and the lead up to finals or, you know, Carlton season will be over if he misses. Yeah. Where do you sit in the divide? 
We'll be back after a quick break. Um, I actually think the MRO got this one spot on, Gordo. Um, yeah, they, they cl- classified it careless, high contact, high impact, and you just can't argue with that. I mean, Calamachi was knocked out, mm-hmm. got concussed. High impact, yeah. High impact, yep. Um, high contact, obviously, in, hit the, him in the head, and it was from behind as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so Calamachi couldn't protect himself. And, yeah, absolutely careless because... I, I need to watch watch the vision again, but um, it was either a marking contest or the ball was up in the air. And um, usually, when that's the case, Cripps should be have his arms up in the air as well, going for mm. the ball. But instead, he was making a bumping motion, he mm. the hip and shoulder motion uh, from behind, um, straight into Calamarchi. So it, it's careless. It's mm. it's stupid. He didn't have to do it. Um, he wasn't going for the ball. Eyes were not on the ball at all. So. Two, two weeks for me is probably right, uh, even one week, either so. But, look, it, it's obvious Carlton are going to challenge because they're, they're in a situation now where they need to win at least one of their last two games to make finals. Um, and they're going to do everything they can to get keep Cripps on the field. Yeah, absolutely. And you see there, they got, he got given careless. He didn't get given intentional. And mm. potentially he was lucky for that because it wasn't even a marking contest. It was open ball coming out of a spoil. Yeah. So, so even again, like it's not like you're going up to – he wasn't going up to spoil the contest. He was going up to compete for the ball. Yeah. And he's, in my read, uh, decided to back out of the, back out of the contest and embrace either to protect himself or whatever, but mm. he's protected himself with a high arm, hit the person in the back of the head. Archie gets, con- gets concussed, leaves the game for the rest of the game and – will have to be next week probably as well. Mm. So two weeks probably is spot on, but we'll see what the tribunal does. But um, they're risking it there for everything, as you mentioned, because they're on the running to finals. The big question is, obviously, they lost to Brisbane on the weekend. Yes. Carlton now has left Melbourne and Collingwood, (laughs) two teams who are arguably in better form than Brisbane. Yeah. And I can't see Melbourne losing two games in a row, especially after that bitter loss to Collingwood. They'll be pretty angry about that and they'll want top two back. So I can't see them losing to Carlton, Um, especially with the way Carlton played against Brisbane, uh, besides maybe the last 10 minutes where they kicked a flurry of late goals. But it really is set up for that round 23 clash against uh, Collingwood. I think it will come down to that. Um, Or if Carlton are extremely lucky, they lose the last two games and uh, St Kilda and the Bulldogs just completely waste their opportunities and not win their games that they're supposed to. Yes, and then you look at St Kilda, they've got uh, Brisbane and Sydney in the next two weeks, Western Bulldogs, GWS and Hawthorne. So chances are the Doggies get the two wins there and they can claim the last spot if necessary. A bit of a more difficult task for St Kilda given their current form, although they have Brisbane and Sydney at home. Yeah. So to be safe, Carlton needs that that win. It does have an awkward situation though because if Collingwood has a top two position locked in place, Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, would they risk it for the win in round 23? 
I think or does the AFL have its ultimate egg on face situation? They're resting players, keeping them safe for the first week of finals. Carlton gets to walk in nah, against they, a under, the, understaffed. The buy's back. The buy's there before finals, so there's no need to rest players. And Collingwood will be licking their lips. They will want to end Carlton's season. That rivalry, the fans, there's going to be, you know, if it does come down to that game, there's going to be 90,000 at the G, and there's no way they'll be thrown in the towel um, just to, you know, save save a few players for finals. Um, they'll want to keep the winning momentum going for sure. And the other thing that goes against Collingwood uh, resting some players in the last week is their very small percentage of 106. So all the teams below them, Melbourne 128, Sydney 127, Brisbane 124, even Fremantle 115, um, they're all within, you know, a win, win and a half of Collingwood at the moment. And so percentage will see them go above. And so Collingwood does need to lock in that top two. Yeah. Or at the very least, top four position. And they need to do that by winning and continuing to win. So, mm-hmm. uh Probably no funny buggers in round 23, but uh, stranger things have happened. Yeah. Speaking of strange things, it's time for Real Deal or Fake News. <laughs> and uh, the man who always makes the headlines is uh, Lance Franklin, buddy. Yes. So finish this sentence for me, Nikki G. Okay. In 2023, Lance Franklin will. Be retired. Be retired. Yes. Yes. I think, uh, yeah, I know there's rumours about him going to Brisbane, but... <laughs> I think his move to Queensland will be for retirement. I don't think he'll uh, want to carry on. I, I don't know. That's just a gut feeling. Um, just judging by a few of the reports floating around. Uh, and Brisbane Brisbane don't really need him. They've got Danaher. They've got Hipwood. Where does, where does Franklin fit in that? I just can't really find and it, it. And it doesn't really fit the narrative of, you know, Sammy Mitchell was getting pushed out of Hawthorne, but go play... Yeah, you know, go get, go get the coaching gig in West Coast type of thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. there's there's always like have play a few games and then play the round. Luke Hodge went to Brisbane, mm. finish off the season, and then you can you know yeah. work your way into coaching or go to the media. But we'll we'll tee you up in the background. Yeah, I think once Buddy retires, he wants to be on the beach. Yeah, with absolutely. the family. Leave me alone. Spend his $10 million. He'll, he'll be a uh, plug a lock at 2.0. <laughs> like, ring me up when I get inducted into the Hall of Fame. I'll yeah. come out, maybe do a speech, and then I'll disappear again. Yeah, exactly. Like, otherwise, don't talk to me because um, I'm done. <laughs> Spot on. Uh, other news then. Is Ken Hinckley a dead man walking? And this comes on the back mm. of Kochi saying, uh, the next two rounds, turn it around or watch out. So despite the fact that he has another year to go on his contract... President Koch, and I have a follow-up question for you as well about Mr. President Koch, but uh, has said basically, turn around or watch out, and it's the whole club he put on notice. Yeah. That's the, you know, social media, boot stutters, players, reserves, assistants, and, of course, the coach. Turn around or watch out. Yeah. Uh, is he dead man walking? Yes. Yes, he is. Um, yeah, I mean, Koch loves to open his big mouth sometimes, but, you know, if he comes out and says that, and um, he wouldn't be saying that if, he wants the coach to be at the club. Koch is the type of man that, you know, backs his men in. And, you know, if, if Hinkley was a certainty to, you know, be at the club next season, I don't think, um, yeah, Kochi would be saying that sort of stuff. And I, I just feel like there needs to be change at Port Adelaide as well. We said it at the start of the season, if Port, if Port don't make finals um, after that run, they went on five defeats to start the season. Koch will be gone, and I'm sticking by that. Um, they haven't made finals. It's been a massive disappointment. And, yeah, I think I think they'll want to refresh the coaching department. Yeah, so obviously Hinkley's been there since 2013, and they made preliminary finals in 14, and then the last uh, two years, 20 
2021. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, to miss finals this year kind of shows that you've gone to the peak. Yeah. It's a bit, it's a bit Ross Lyon at St Kilda and Ross Lyon at Fremantle, actually. They went to the grand finals, but the same thing. You get reached the, like, the pinnacle of this team, and now it's kind of going out the side. Yeah. You've been there for basically a decade. Brad Scott type thing as well. Time, time, like thank you for your service. We didn't quite get there, yeah. But uh, you know, we time to time to reset, refresh, and hope that they do a lot better than North Melbourne. But um, <laughs> and again, there's no point extending. Like yes, you might have to pay out his last year, yeah. But if you want to get a jump start on that rebuild, you do it clean, you do it fresh, you come to an agreement, and you get a new guy in there, or yeah. you do you do the weird transition thing like they tried at Essendon. But I don't know. If Port Adelaide and the Adelaide football media environment yep. is the place to do that, well, yeah, uh, and again, like, why would they want to delay the inevitable? If why why keep him on for an extra season when you know he's not going to be there um, the year after that? It's mm. just delaying the rebuild, and I mean, we saw it with Hawthorne. They last year, Clarko was meant to stay on in twenty twenty two, but then they just realised, well, what's the point? You know, if if we know Mitchell is going to be there. Um, mm at the end of next season. I mean, can you imagine if Clarkson did stay and Hawthorne would have had to delay Mitchell's introduction into the AFL? I think it just would have been one long, um, grueling process of just waiting for the inevitable to happen. And I, I for one, am glad Mitchell has just been thrown in there early. It was a bit ugly with the way it happened, but, um, yeah, I'm happy he's in there. He's got a year under his belt and next season, hopefully see more improvement. But um, Essendon went the long route. Um, again, maybe waste a season of rebuilding. May as well just do it now, pull the pin. I suppose the only difference is for Hawthorne, the monetary issue becomes less important because you got the three-peat with Clarko. Yeah. Whereas Essendon, mm. you know, North, there's other ones where you have the crossover periods. It's kind of like, well, we don't want to pay, pay you out for an extra year when you didn't give us a premiership. True. So it becomes a bit harder to because you don't make it up in memberships, you don't make it up in merchandise, you don't make it up in other ways. You didn't get that financial return, and now we're having to pay two head coaches for a year, basically, because yep. most of these contracts are guaranteed. So I can understand that tricky part, but um, yeah, there'd be nothing worse than. And as this is my follow up question about Koch, is that is he now obviously like the biggest pest president left in the AFL? <laughs> Eddie's gone. Yeah, Kenneth will be gone. Kenneth is almost gone, and now you got Kochi left, and that's just it. Wouldn't be a great environment as a head coach being like. I want to go coach Port Adelaide if Koch is the president. He can just come out in the media and just say, like, Mm. turn around or you're gone with two weeks to go. He's not exactly – he doesn't come from a footy background. He just loves Port Adelaide. Good on him. He's a rich guy. Rich guys get to be presidents. We know how the world works, but it's kind of like I wouldn't want him as my pseudo-boss per se. Yeah. No, it's a very good point. And, um, yeah, as much as coaching departments need to be refreshed after every five or ten years, especially without success, so does the presidency. Mm. I don't think – yeah, I mean, if you haven't tasted success in – However long it's been for Port Adelaide, what, 16, 18 years and, um, since their last flag and um, what a decade since Koch has come in, you know, refresh. Yeah. Pull the pin. Pull the pin. Speaking of pulling the pin, our last question for Real Deal of Fake News. Isaac Raken will be staying on the Gold Coast in 2023. That comes on the back. Of course, he's an Adelaide boy and Adelaide have said, you know what? Come to Adelaide. We'll pay you a bit of coin. You'll, you'll get better conditions. Yep. I don't know how they're going to guarantee that. But, uh, you know, come play your footy in the, uh, on the southern coast, yes. not the gold coast. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I think he'll be a crow next season. 
Um, you see him jumping ship? Yeah, yeah. I, it was um, Mark McGowan who broke the news. He was the one with the story. And, I, I, you know, he's obviously got a lot of credibility, Mark McGowan. I take his word very seriously. And if he thinks that, um, you know, Rankin could be heading south to Adelaide, then, yeah, I'll be backing that one in. I think he's gone. Adelaide must have a serious package lined up to throw uh, Gold Coast way, and that might include their the pick three that they're going to end up with this season, or pick four, or whatever it's going to be, um, and maybe a few extras. Who knows? But it's it, it's going to be tempting. We know what Adelaide wanted to do last season in the trade period. They wanted the pick one off North Melbourne for Horn Francis. Uh, North ultimately rejected it, um, but they they want to make some big plays. Adelaide. They've obviously got another one lined up for Rankin. I don't know why. I'm not sure if Rankin is that type of player. I mean, he, he would look very good alongside Rochelle uh, for the next 10 years, but um, I just think they need they need more midfielders. Um, that's the biggest need, and they're going to be giving away a massive, uh, a very high draft pick and a lot more. So other than cash, is anything there for, for Rankin to gain from there? So like Adelaide going to finish mm. in 15th, Gold Coast probably 11th. They finish the season... Over 100 points in percentage, which is a, a very rare thing for Gold Coast. Adelaide with 86. So surely you think that the Suns mm. are more developed, more ready to win and play finals football, more ready to maybe win yeah. a premiership on that on that tram line than the Crows are. Yeah. Why would you change clubs or is it just all about the cash? Cash, moving home factor, that that's all you can really pin it down to. Yeah, Gold Coast, right now you'd have to say their list is closer to a premiership than Adelaide. Um but yeah, it, it would just have to be the going home factor. I don't know if it's something that's been on his mind since moving to the Gold Coast. If you know he saw his long-term future there or not. But yeah, it's it's very disappointing for the Suns because he had a good season ranking, and um, after a couple of years of you know really building up his body and his form, so to lose him um, at this time when he finally you know starts to um, show, show some. Uh, positive football and you know produce some yeah some good output uh yeah it's it's disappointing for them and it does set them back quite a bit but apparently he loves the club so most likely your man mark gowan is wrong <laughs> yeah, rankin well, stays on the coast we'll and uh yeah. you know the suns will rise into the finals in 2023 uh speaking of the 20s round 22 comes this friday night we'll be previewing it with the footy live Weekend watch list coming to you on Friday afternoon. It starts with St Kilda and Brisbane. It ends, of course, with the Swans and the Pies. And uh, we'll be there to break it down. But until then, follow all the news as it breaks in the Footy Live app. And we'll see you Friday.